Hey, it's Book Club, the musical, the podcast. Sorry we couldn't get our schedules straight for the holiday weekend, but we're back. And we're doing Vince Staples' Big Fish Theory, new release. Very exciting. Or maybe you'll hear about what we think when we do the discussion. Staples. It's his real name. Danny Brown is not Danny Brown's real name. What about Daniel? It's not his real name. <laughs> he just he, he just decided that his rap name would sound like a normal person's name. That's the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but know. Vince if Vince Staples is actually named Vince Staples. Right. And he and he released an album. Uh, two weeks ago, and um, we've talked about him twice already because he was on Gorillas and he was on Earl, and we all loved all of those things. So let's see what we think about his. Is this so? This is his second album, Official release. and then he has, yeah. and then he has like two EPs. Yeah. So first thing I checked when I downloaded this album is how long it was. Because his last album was way too long. And I, the fr- like, literally, I was like, I hope this album isn't way too long like his last album. And then I saw 12 tracks, like, 36 minutes. And I was like, okay, he learned his lesson. <laughs> like, he's, there's definitely one step, but he has an advantage this time. Because he pull, cut the, the filler, uh, at le- theoretically, because I hadn't listened to it yet. So I'm like, okay, he definitely cut the filler and has a little more concise on this one. Um... Anything else about Vince? He's funny. That we have to mention? Yeah, he does good interviews on the internet. Yeah. Okay, who wants to talk about something that they heard on this album first? Um, so I really like this. Okay, at a first listen, I was not so gung-ho about this. And I was like, meh. And then I got to 745, and I was like, okay, never mind. I feel better. And then I had to go to the other side of the Bronx, which is, like, a death trap of three hours. So I had, like, I listened to it, like, four times just in a row. So I didn't have time to let my first opinion last long, which I think was for the best. Because now I really like this album. Um, I did not like the first few songs too much. Um, I did, well, I feel like the album has two sounds. It has, like, SoCal sound, and then it has, like basically the song he did with the gorilla sound. And so I think Crabs in a Bucket, Big Fish, Love Can Be, and um, I think Party People even goes back to it, have kind of too much of that sound for my liking at first, but there's aspects of it that I will ignore that for and like capitalize on that more. I think something that's consistent throughout this whole project is that he's... Uh, deliberately avoiding uh, drum patterns that you usually hear in hip-hop. And because of that, there's a lot of dance drum patterns. That's like the, that's the main substitute for it, so that's um, probably yeah. pulled from the Gorillas. I imagine that the Gorillas song and these songs were made probably a, around the same time, and he 
probably had no influence over the production of the gorillas, and this was his thing. So that might be a coincidence, but also might be um, may, maybe the reason he was so good on that gorilla song is because he was working on similar stuff himself. Yeah. Crabs in the Bucket, I think, is a good intro. It has a slow start, which sometimes makes for a bad intro, but I think it it eases you into the the different kinds of drum patterns that you're going to hear by kind of doing something that you would hear in an EDM song with like the synth lead, but it's a little more ambient and cool. And then it goes right into like the breakbeat drums, which like real breakbeat drums, not chopped up breakbeat drums. So it it presents the idea of the album pretty strongly right off the bat. And this is also, out of all the raps on the album, I think this is one of his best ones just right out the the bat. Just his his kind of two verses, or maybe it's just like one long verse with a little bit of a like slower, slower pace in the middle. And then he doesn't have the features listed on iTunes, so I don't know if that is Kilo Kish it is. at the end. Anytime okay. there's a girl voice, it's Kilo Kish, this whole album. I have all Except, the um, features. I think there's another girl, but it's ma- like Kilo's in like four songs. Yeah, the, on on the Kendrick one, that's it's not Kilo Kish, right? There's another girl? Or is that just her? I think it's there's still like her, because Im- it's, it's different, but it sounds more singing, but I think okay. it's her. Okay, yeah. So I have, I have to guess at all the features because I didn't actually get to see that. I could have looked it up maybe, but I think it's a good. I, I think it's a good intro. But since you're you're you were doing kind of like a general, th- oh yeah, your feel but of the I beginning wanted, of the album. We could do song by song too. Well, well, I I have something to say along the same lines. I think the Alyssa interlude happens too soon. Yeah. Because you have the you have the first yeah. track which is a bona fide intro. It's not like a complete song. Yeah. It's the introduction to the album. And then Big Fish is the lead single. And then you go right into an interlude. That's too soon to like put the brakes on. Yeah. You have to you have to come with like the secondary single, something to back up like the the energy of the single, maybe something more introspective like the interlude, but something that's a fleshed out song to keep us pulled into the album. Pumps the brakes a little too soon. Yeah, yeah I definitely, definitely agree with that. I wrote that. Um, but yeah, like for Big F- or Crabs in a Bucket, I think my biggest problem when I first listened to it was it set me the wrong way because I have been staple as like one person in my head. And then like that's the first song off the. F- like, first time I'm listening to him, besides any, like, feature he did, besides the gorillas, that's, like, him sounding different. So I think it was, like, shell shock. No pun intended, but now it is. And, like, that got me into, like, how different this was going to be. Yeah, it definitely It took me, me a little off. longer than I should have to get the shell crap right Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, it definitely threw me off when I first listened to, like, the very first song on this album because like you said like it's a certain person that you have in mind like with all of the features that he usually does it's not something that is usually this like dancey and like beat he- like not beat heavy but like kind of like that more dance kind of beat but what i found interesting about crabs in a bucket was the meaning crabs in a bucket means putting down others in order to succeed, which, like, because, like, when crabs are in a bucket, they grapple over each other to kind of escape. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's 
I found that interesting because it was like a good beginning to like the narrative throughout the album. Oh yeah, like, there's a whole it, lot of like yeah, it's a discussed. whole lot of that just being talked about, especially in the bottom half, like the second half of the album. Yeah, like, like they like, almost get people. repetitive in a sense. Yeah. So I found oh, yeah, that pretty okay. interesting. You set you set me straight on that one. I had it mixed up with um, shooting fish in a barrel. That's what I was thinking of. I forgot that that was two different <laughs> phrases. Yeah, it's a different phrase. I really liked um, Big Fish because of Juicy J. I thought oh that was God. a triumphant return. <laughs> yes. And anything two, that two will bars. make a reference to E-40 is a good line in my book, so... I really like that song. I thought it was very dynamic with Juicy J's addition. I think it, like, changed the sound a lot. Yeah. Rather than some... You could get anybody else just to say that, but he adds a little... is like, twang to it. Um, there's a... The interest... The beat is interesting, but only in one specific way, which I think is what a lot of these beats are, where it's, like, something that you would expect to hear on, like, a pop rap or a dance song, but there's one thing that's off about it, and it, it's like a weird synthesizer that you hear very clearly in the beginning and is kind of uh, subtly splashed throughout. The I have two problems with this song, and it's that the bridge of the song is um, the instrumental with like an LFO filter knob just turning a little bit, and then it comes back into the hook, and that's kind, that's super lazy. And I also can kind of feel like a label person putting Juicy J on the song, I don't necessarily see this as Vince Staples saying, I need Juicy J to do this hook. That someone was just like, throw him in, you guys are on the same yeah. when he's coming back. So it's it's a little disjointed in that way, and it should have just ended after the second hook. There's no reason to fiddle around with a bunch of knobs for a little bit. That's it's just, nothing really happens at that point. Agree. Um, the Alyssa interlude was, like, wasted. In it, like, when you go through the album, it's way too soon. And it loses its impact for sure. Because if you listen to it separately, because I really, I didn't know I liked it because I was like, what the fuck is this just like someone's monologue for Mad Long and then half a song. And it was so early. I was like, okay. And, and then got the rest of it. Second time around, because I guess it seemed like it was just one longer album, it made a lot more sense. I love his lyrics and how simple they are in this. And I liked the addition of The Temptations over what was, like, back to that futuristic drum sound. I think it's Amy Winehouse. It is. Yeah, it's, it's her an, speech. It's okay. an Amy Winehouse interview. I like how weird it is, just with the Temptation sample not necessarily fitting with the beat, just kind of poking in and out. Yeah. I think that's, like, an yeah. interesting, like, you put Amy Winehouse and the Temptations in one song, too. Yeah, I just hate that he put it so early, because, like, it is, like you said, like, a really good song, and it's a really good and, like, kind of, since, like, Amy Winehouse is so influential to, like, Vince Staples, because I think, like, he said in an interview, like, that, like, he was heavily influenced, uh, I think his song Prima Donna was, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, so, like, I hate that it's just so early, like, you have one banger, and then it's, like, it's crabs in the bucket, one big banger, and then you have to take a break. Like, that, I, it was anticlimactic. Also, she was just speaking in an interview, so this isn't her fault, but when you, but, like, as... <laughs> She's also dead, Vince, so it can't be, <laughs> so... Well, 
No, but, like, Vince, as a lyricist, when you're, like, picking out an interview clip to put in your song, like, at, at one point, she's talking about how she was in love. They were in love with each other. They were in love, in a relationship, in love. She, like, says the same thing, like, five times in a row. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you could you could edit it down a little bit so that it doesn't sound like she's... Like, it's it sounds like she doesn't know what she's saying. Because, like... In an interview, like she's she's probably trying to think of what to say next. In a song, you gotta kind of set it up so that it flows musically. It's not just someone talking. Yeah, yeah. I just hate that it was there. I really yeah, do. Me that too. like hurt. Um, I did not like. But it Love sets up. It sets up the next song. Yeah. So that's that's probably why it's there. I know. I wish they could have swapped it. Yeah. You didn't like Love Can Be. Nope. I liked Kilo Kish's verse. I liked that Ray yeah. J was on it for no reason. Yeah, what was he doing there? <laughs> I don't care. That you man... seen um, what happened? Uh, Vince has an interview where he talks about why like Ray J is like the goat, and he like he loves him. So he just put him on the song because he. Could, I'm telling not you, it... me and Ariana had a discussion maybe two weeks ago about like we respect Ray J because I can't name more than two songs from him and the terrible show that I didn't even watch and he's for and now he's in love in hip hop Hollywood but he is forever relevant for almost no specific reason really and I like applaud that like I don't know how what he's I don't know what he's doing besides being on love and hip hop like he got married but like even in the show they don't even fake like he's doing something else they're like it's just right just chilling <laughs> she's just hanging chillin'. out yeah, like Omarion's doing new music, Soldier Boy's selling scooters or something, and Ray J's just like, huh? Like, just causing drama <laughs> every two seconds. Like, Yeah, I think Vince has the same respect oh, really? that you do. And that's he's like, I need to put this person on my song. Now that it's possible, that this is, has to happen. Okay, now that song kind of jumps up a little bit if he also <laughs> loves Ray J the same. Like, who is this guy? Like... <laughs> I th- I think they could have cut the hook completely. It doesn't add anything. No. Love can be dishonest or whatever. Like, okay, c- cool. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> and and he and Vince, like after Kilo Kish's verse, Vince has like a mini verse that could have been the good hook mm-hmm. instead of the one line looped hook. And it would have made the song more um, cohesive without having, like, features jumping in and out. Yeah, that love can be on repeat. Like, I'm thinking of it now, and it, like, just gives me a headache. Like, I don't know what tone it's at or something, but it just, like, grinds the bottom of my brain. Like, yeah. And Kilo Kish beats uh, Vince on his own song. Yep. Yeah. She got him. Got him. Um, 745 is my favorite song on this album. I think it went back to a kind of, I mean, it's just, it's not new, but it went back to that SoCal sound. Like, I feel like his voice dropped back. Soul Caliber? Huh? Soul Caliber, too? (laughs) SoCal. Sorry. And, um, it just went back to, like, that street life mentality, lyricism, and just, like, that grimy sound again, which I was, like, kind of aching for, especially after Love Can Be. So I was like, yes. This is the break. Um, I thought, I thought the hook was too simple 
seven. He rhymes seven forty-five with seven forty-five, which is it's fine. Um, <laughs> the when he goes into his when he goes into his verse, he stops his verse pretty short, and then just says, "Pretty woman," or "Tell me lies" a bunch of times, and then goes back into the hook. So I feel like I didn't get a full verse, and now we're back at the super long, super simple hook. So I didn't really get anything out of this song, I guess. It's got a good beat to it. Yeah, I like the beat. And, like, the just, like, even-pacedness of it. I don't know. It was just, like, it was a relaxing song. It was just a simple song. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, simple and kind of, like, relaxing. Like, I could just, like, picture myself, like, driving down, like, the highway or something, listening to it. Exactly. And I think the jumble, or not the jumble, but the shock of, like, the new sound and the order of songs not being exactly right in the beginning. And the intensity of love can be. Yeah. Okay. I guess I was I was on edge because I've at like at this point in the album I'm still waiting for Vince to like go off rapping. Like yeah. he did on Crabs in the Bucket, but that was the intro and it and was he hasn't short. Really, he hasn't really gone off yet and then he like kinda cuts himself off uh yeah. in in a sacrifice to the song structure where it's, it's your song, you could switch that up if you want to. Do you guys think this would have been better bef- right before Alyssa? Yeah. Um, uh, yes. I yeah, think Yeah, actually, so. yeah. It would I mean, I I don't care that much about this song, so it wouldn't have been like an like a crazy album changing thing, but it would have been better probably. Right. Just give it more time in between. But yeah, cuz it is like a break like, song, so I feel like you could have put it up there. You know. I like it here, but you could have just let Ramona Park as Yankee Stadium be that break. After. Yeah. Which I really like yeah. Ramona Park is Yankee Stadium cuz Bronx all day. <laughs> I just like the fact that it's like a it's a very plainly stated false claim. It's just like this is how things are and it's like oh wait, no not really. I don't know. I liked it because learning Just the title, not this not the that's No, 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 no. The, the, the title's title. accurate. Let me tell oh, you wait. guys. What the real 161 is like. So Yankee Stadium's on 161st Street, right? Off of the, one, off of the 4 train. Mm-hmm. Right in front of that, there's the D train. And that area is fucking shit. It is horrible, disgusting, grimy people. Like, I've never felt like mm, in my own borough until I go over <laughs> to that area. Between like 148 and like 173rd in these weird avenues that kind of only exist in like this one pocket. It's terrible. Is terrible over there. So like, and there was a gang that he's affiliated with, and they wear Yankees hats to show their like, whatever, their title trait or whatever. And I'm pretty sure there's one here. So it is like the duality because a lot of stuff he talks about in Ramona Park is similar to a lot of the grimy shit that goes on over here. So I really appreciated the song kind of merging it. Yeah. Well, that's that's he's draw, he's drawing the parallel, but I like that it's just a a plainly stated oh, falsehood yeah, yeah, yeah. in order to draw the parallel. Yeah, that's it's a it's a it's like a very postmodern poetic device, and it doesn't really pop up in the song at all. It's no, it's just he just says it title. once and it never <laughs> yeah. mentions like yeah. what that area is like. Yeah, it's just a quick one. And then we get our boy Kendrick. Yes, yes. Okay, this song kind of reminded me of. They's you write, and I don't know if it was oh, only me. It's just because they say write, <laughs> why a why just, word and write. Yeah, I, it just kind of like it. Kind of, I kind of thought of it, and I was like, 
that's the only reason why, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. This song is, like, and yeah, this Hendrix is top verse. for me, too. So for this one, it's another example of Vince uh, cutting himself short, I think. Very short verse. And then also Vince's feature, um, outshining him on his own song. Definitely. I think both of those oh, yeah. are uh, pop back up here. Not that... I don't think Vince has really any chance against Kendrick, but maybe if he just rapped the same amount of time as Kendrick, it wouldn't seem like such a disparity. I also think, like, Vince Staples... Actually, I take that back. Vince's verse on... I forget the song now. Is it gonna Vince's be Vince's verse... No, on on the Earl album. Oh. Hive. Yeah, Hive. Vince's verse on Hive is better than like, a lot of Kendrick verses. So, he, I take that back. If Vince really wanted to, he could have he could have been equal to Kendrick, but he just kind of let him take the song over, which is, it's not, it's not all bad, but it's kind of disappointing. When you, when you have, like, two great rappers together, you want them both to, like, step each other's games up, and he mm-hmm. just kind of ignored that aspect of rap collaboration. Yeah. I think... I think that's kind of a theme through the album, unfortunately, is that these choices don't always, for the features, don't really flow together, minus, like, his buddy, what's your, Kilo Kush. Kish, with an I. Kish, Kilo Kish. Um, I don't know, I don't think they really go well throughout the whole album. Or it doesn't sound bad, but it's like, you had the talent. But but Kendrick goes off and the beat goes hard. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's a good song, but it just, like, if... But I feel like Vince also doesn't have an ego where he's like, if I'm just going to make a good song, whatever the best part may be, maybe. So, like, you know who to put. If you wanted Kendrick on this song, you did a good job. But it's, if this is, for Vince, this being his album album, it's like, I don't really think things were thought through or sound as good as they should or could be. This being not, like, an example of it, but, like, the ASAP Rocky feature, like, made me so sad. You could Wait, what song was that? On freaking, you don't even know exactly. I had to look into it on Samo because it kind of sounds like him. It's only for like oh. one of the choruses. And yeah, like, I miss that. How do you get ASAP Rocky <laughs> and then not fucking give him a verse? Like, are you kidding me? There was time. You didn't have to repeat that shit eight times and say like, I yeah, that. at the end. Like that made well. me so sad. I think it would have made it a much more that's distinct so, track. That's so funny. I didn't I didn't even think that there was a feature on that song. It didn't even occur to me. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm, it's like, I didn't think about it either. You guys know um, Playboy Cardi's What? Yeah. Featuring Uno the Activist. I saw a tweet from Uno, and he said, I don't even know where my verse is on What. <laughs> This goes back to, like, do it look like I was left off that in BJ. Like, where are these yeah. hidden verses? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, this, this might a, be... Or, sorry, you can go. Oh, no, this is, like, the farthest, uh, like, side note I'm ever going to make. You know, because okay, you said ahead. the word what? And, you know, <laughs> when, like, ASAP Mob, like, groomed Playboy Cardi, so there's a song on, like, Cozy Tapes where it's just, like, what, 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 that sound in the background... And then Magnolia came out, and 90% of it is what, what, what? Now That's what what is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, but then on Magnolia, he did the same thing. And now, ASAP Rocky has two songs coming out with Lana Del Rey, 
and there's just in the background of the, like the clip she shared it's just wet 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 like out of nowhere and i can't stand this fucking noise Damn. anymore rocky's rocky's biting his own his prodigy his own children yeah he's yeah. like child also let's keep let's keep the sidebar just like running straight off to the left uh <laughs> before before cardi was with uh asap he was with awful and like in a lot of articles they like don't let him mention it which is really? super weird. Yeah, or he doesn't want to mention it or whatever, but his, like, first couple songs were when he was hanging out with Awful, and he's got, like, songs by and with Ethereal, and he's, like, and they, like, cut ties, and he, like, doesn't mention it anymore. And also, like, I think his new T-shirt is, um is like, him in the Circle Jerks pose, mm-hmm. and and Keith Charles, who's um, a singer-producer with Awful, like, used that on one of his band post or one of his concert posters, so he's, they're, like, there's, like, weird stuff going on with ASAP kind of trying to, like, remove the Awful part. Oh, yeah. And ASAP like, Mob it, is all about branding. That's their thing, though. Like, you have such a distinct, like, when you become something, that's you forever. Like... You know, so I wouldn't put it past them to be like, don't ever speak of that shit. Like, you're with us now. Like, that's it. We made you. And they did. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Double sidebar. ASAP Ferg uh, is the best rapper. Okay. Is that all the sidebars? Yes. Alex, close. throw one on. Throw, throw one, one on. Throw one. A hot take. Go. <laughs> I don't have one. The spiciest <laughs> sentence you can think of. I the can't The spiciest sentence is muo caliente. <laughs> Oh my god. Um on homage homage um we've been talking about Vince being outshined by the people on his track. Vince is outshined by Rick Ross just by referencing him on this track. His delivery his delivery on this comes nowhere close to the energy on the original. Oh my and what's god. the What's the point of doing it if you're just gonna like monotone repeat something that someone else was like screaming on their own song? <laughs> Maybe there's like a thematic idea behind that, like taking it down a notch and like self reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. But it's not as it's not as nice to listen to in any way. It's too much of a reference. It's like a remix almost. I also not think even it's, its own song. Too similar to Yeah Right to listen back to back. That there's nothing that's so standout-ish about either of them to me. I mean, besides Kendrick, like, the sound to me is almost just, like, blazed through. Yeah, like, I'm having having a hard time remembering the difference between Homage and Yeah Right at this point, besides Kendrick's verse. Yeah. If you took that out and put it in the beginning, I wouldn't know where that song ended and this one began. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. The beat's a little faster paced. Not like tempo, but like it's a little busier. And on Yeah Right, it's a little more spacious and like... More that like kind of ag- drum triangle. It's like spacious yeah. and aggressive. And then uh, Homage... Am I supposed to do it like the English or the French? Homage, homage. is... Um, homage. I like that better. Yeah. Homage is like, um, it's like, like a little more pounding. So I, I, I have them separate in my mind. I didn't even think that they were um, that similar until you brought it up. So I would say that they go together. But also, I don't think 
homage is like a complete song. It's just a hook from another song with a couple verses. Put those mm-hmm. bars into yeah right and and get a a full uh, duet out of it. Which gets Something. you matter, this reference or Dante's Creek reference? <laughs> oh, this is nowhere near Dante's <laughs> Creek. The reason this doesn't get me mad. It's just I don't understand why. I don't understand why, because yeah. uh, his delivery is so much less interesting than Rick Ross's delivery on his song. And I'm not even a Rick Ross fan. It's just it, it's undeniable that like these two things are not comparable. And if you could like write a thesis about it, saying that he's trying to like take something like aggressive and ignorant and also self-affirming, and, like, dial it down so much that it's, like, he doesn't actually believe in himself or something. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to hide it. But you also gotta make it sound cool. You can't just say something else on someone else's song. Yeah. I mean, you can. It, I don't... It's not... It's not that bad, but it's it's just not that interesting. Samo. A lot of, um... Phonetic spellings for, like, actual words. Yeah. Samo. That's, like, a theme. Same with bagback. Same old, uh, yeah, it's just two, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, no, it's no, but some, no, 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 like, reading about it, people mention, like, that's a thing that he tends to do in general. Oh, yeah, like, North North? Yeah. I feel like that's how people from... SoCal talk, it the is. The North Side, Long Beach, that, like, spell it if they, like, if they're, like, on Twitter or whatever, but... Um, Samo was pretty cool. I, like, the... Pr- this is where all the weird stuff that was going on in the album really came together, mm-hmm. I think. With the production. The raps are there. The production's there. Uh, the... His delivery... It gets a little wonky. And in the way that I like it when his delivery gets wonky. Uh, it's got a consistent... The most consistent, cohesive song, basically. Like... The most we're structured. a lot of the way we're a lot of the way through the album to get to this point, but I think it comes together at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And then ASAP Rocky's somewhere. And Which he's somewhere just, like, in there. <laughs> honestly, I don't even remember what the song sounds like right now because I found that out like three days ago and I've been Same so old hurt. Like <laughs> of what it could have sounded old. like. But it's got a little bit of a rock and roll energy to it. Yeah. Which is A.B. Winehouse influence, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I liked Party People. I thought it reminded me of our conversation on Guild when I looked more into the r- lyrics. Because it's a high fear song with the darkest lines from the album probably written on it. Um, and the first two lines that I can't remember right now. But basically what I got from... He's like... I. I moved on, but I'm stuck in somewhere. Okay, I've been fucked since my early days. I've been stuck in my worldly ways that I thought was kind of a nice reference to, like, being from where he's from and that you keep that mentality forever because you learned it so young and that's all you knew. So I thought that was, like, interesting to start that song off with. Um, I liked these lyrics maybe one of the most out of the entire album just because it is like so dark while he's then like on the chorus party people yeah i like to see you dance Mm -hmm. like i like to see you groove like it's just such a different differentiation between how he really feels and then like how it's perceived i guess 
and I found that His really performance interesting. Persona. Yeah. I like everything. I like everything on this song except for the hook, and I think it's a necessary evil to have the juxtaposition of the simple party music hook with the complicated and dark verses. I just wish there was like maybe an added layer where he's not just s- turning the switch on and off mm-hmm. for dark to light. There's like even when the switch is on and he's talking to the party people, maybe he's saying something more condescending than what he's doing so that the th- so that the hook doesn't end up being so simple. And it's not simple in the context of the song. There's a dynamic to it, but just if you just listen to the hook on its own, it's not interesting to listen to. So if you could get that juxtaposition while making the whole song interesting to listen to instead of the instead of using a boring hook to get the point across, uh, I, I think there would be a way to elevate the hook without losing that. So, but the probably my favorite verses too. Yeah, you guys are right. And Bag Bag's like a legitimate banger. Yeah, I loved Bag Bag. It's back to that like techno heavy sound, but I looked past it. I think it works really well. Um, I like that it's a very like pro black song, like blatantly. Um, Anything that says fuck gentrification, I am for. Fuck that. So I liked the hating on that. And he's like, now that we made it, you guys want to take it. Basically, mm-hmm. yes, that is what happens, and it's fucking gross. So I really liked that it was a very, like, pro-community vibe. Yeah, this was definitely my favorite song on the album, just simply because of, like, such the, the strong message behind it. Also, like, with, like, how it sounds, but, like, more so the reason behind it, and then, like, going back to the kind of crabs-in-the-bucket mentality... That he goes, mm-hmm. that he starts with from the beginning. So this was my favorite song on the album. I think the reason that you like the electronic production on this better is because they embrace it more. They're yeah. not trying to. They're not trying to do like hip hop electronic fusion. They're just going like all the way to the left with it, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're going. They're going crazy with the production. And I mean, this is the the second to last song. Like that's kind of the point where. You should go crazy with with the theme, the like the th- not the theme because the theme would be like the lyrical content, but the the musical idea of the album. Mm-hmm. This is where you go all the way with it and really like show us what you can do. And it's the and it's the probably the most impressive beat because of that. Yeah. And I wonder what it would be like if they like if that was the if that was the norm for the album and like at this point it was even crazier that would be yeah. like that would probably be cuz it's not it's not that weird of a beat it's just no. I feel just like this song kicks would it up just be like distortion noises <laughs> <laughs> and like just this maybe. screaming <laughs> yeah just and shrieping. i and this was the first single from forever ago like a real right. long time ago so um if I didn't know about it, it would be, like, a great surprise, but I already knew about it, so I was waiting for the album to catch up to the single that I already heard, basically. True. Um, I liked Rain Come Down. It was a nice 
outro song with a that like the nice kind of switch up with Ty Dolla Sign's kind of slow R&B sound broke it up a lot so I thought it was kind of nice slowing it down after Bag Back especially. I get worried when I see Ty Dolla Sign on a guest list. Um, no, no disrespect to his own music, but when he's brought in as a feature, it's usually because he has a pretty recognizable name mm-hmm. and he'll he'll fit whatever mold the song needs to fit. And his features usually aren't very interesting, but I think he uh, is he just does a good job singing. And um, the middle of the night line has like a legitimately pretty melody going on with it. So it's um it it instead of just being a name on the feature list and filling in space, it's actually like adding to the song in a major way, which is like what I said before with Juicy J. I mean, this might have been how it happened, but usually it's like a label person saying we should put Ty Dollar Sign somewhere on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's like on like a like a random pop album or whatever. Yeah. So maybe when yeah. it's on actual like when it's on like a real rapper's album, it's it's different, but I think uh, so because he did um good on two changes, two changes. Yeah, that might feature. That so might I think be when why. he like, I, actually cares or it is something that does fit his style, it sounds so much different than Ty Dolla Sign on just a pop pop track. Yeah, um, I absolutely, despite that, I absolutely hate this song. <laughs> I this this for some reason. <laughs> And I, this this could have been like a mistake when they were exporting the track. It does it does the hook, and then the verse, and then it does that again, the same verse, twice. With with no differences, I think the there's a little like extra drum in the beat, and that's it. You could this is the longest song on the track on the album. You could cut off the whole first minute and not miss anything. It all happens again. Um, Why? I don't know. It didn't bother me enough. Apparently, it bothered me. It the reason it bothered me is because at no point on this album does Vince have like a rappy rap verse. There, everything is sixteen or less. Get back to the hook as fast as possible. <laughs> I'm not sticking around here and rapping. Uh, Gotta go. And then, and then, just to rub salt in the wound, the like the only song with like three legitimate verses. One of them is copy pasted, the same verse twice. Oh my god! And the song is like even if it was three separate verses, when you have three verses on a rap song, you shouldn't do hook, verse, hook, verse, hook, verse, hook. That's too long. It should be verse into hook. But they do that super long Migos-style song structure with three verses and six hooks, and it doesn't. Even, I don't even get three verses out of it. I get two verses out of it in a super long song. Yeah. So if that didn't happen, I would probably like it a lot, but it just makes me angry, that pure laziness <laughs> on their part. It's like the song... We paid for Ty Dolla Sign to show up. You got to make this song more than three and a half minutes. And Vince says, "I know what I'll do." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh lord! The actual content of the verse is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the blood on the leaves on the nose of the Sphinx. That's some hot shit. 
only need to hear it once. I'll re- I'll repeat the track if I think it's that good. I'll repeat it. I'll, you don't I'll have play to it do back it for myself. Me. Thank you. Oh wait, if they had if they had a DJ shout, "Run that shit back," then it would have been fine. <laughs> if that happened, it would have been fine. Oh my god! The boom 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 boom. Yeah, and then just like the scratching. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> a whole mini sketch. <laughs> oh my god. They should, they should get a remix with Pierre, and they'd be like, yo, Pierre, run that shit back. And now we got a new fan base coming off of Magnolia. <laughs> they come on um, over. <laughs> just add the wet, wet, wet. Like, you're good. I would, I would like that, actually. Um, uh, sidebar, there's, um, I forget what the song is, but there's like a little, little EP out there by Casa Overall and Cool AD where they just rap over other people's beats. And on one of the songs, I think it's like a Drake beat, and it's like, like the actual Drake song is like five minutes long, and they just, they're just rapping over the whole beat, and then they do that at the very end of the song, and then it just goes back to the start, and it plays the song twice. <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's annoying to listen to. Right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the mood of this song makes it good for an outro. Mm. And at, at the very end, when the beat kind of, like, does, like, weird, like, flute things, it's very pretty. I like it. Okay, so who has a general consensus? I kind of already said mine. I'll go. Um, so, love the general, like, entire feel of the album. It's really well together in the fact that he's talking about the gentrification, the crabs in the bucket kind of mentality, the police brutality kind of thing. It's very powerful in that sense. However, I find it a little repetitive at the end with especially like party people when he's I think it's party people like at the end where he's just like tell the president to suck a dick and stuff like that. Like That's I bag love back. I, bag back. Yeah. I love that. But it gets a little more repetitive with just, like, the whole theme. Like, you could have said it more in a, like, rapping manner other than a I'm going to yell these these sentences at you. Um, I don't like that the illicit interlude was so... In the beginning, it really threw me off like that. Um, but otherwise, I... I think it was pretty I overall I think it was a pretty good album um I liked it a lot but I think that's because I'm a Vince Staples fan thinking about it and how kind of abrasive it was with that techno sound and then Alyssa interlude cutting it so short and then the sound kind of changing to like back to the his old vibe that I don't know if it would have been I wouldn't have seen the whole idea as a new listener um but if you're a Vince Staples fan, I think you're going to really appreciate the growth and his, that it got dynamic. So I personally really did like it, but I don't think, you know, it was all the way there, thought through. And I think that's fair for a sophomore album. I think we're just, we talk about a lot of people who have great first albums. So comparing him to those and being like, oh, well, someone else did a first album better, but... I think it's fair for a sophomore album. 
Yeah, and especially because of the idea of, like, a sophomore slump. Like, this definitely could have been a worse album. It could have been the end all second. for him for the success of yeah. Summer Time 06. Yeah. I think I'm a Vince Staples fan, but I don't know. And I would know if he rapped more instead of just doing, like, a ton of hooks on this album. Yeah. Like, I, like, I love whenever he does features... And then when you get to his album, it's he's not really rapping that much. He's just kind of filling in the space between his hooks and his, his uh, feature spots. So I get the... And this might be, like, s- super mean to a dedicated artist. I get the feeling that he doesn't really care that much. And this is kind of, like, his job. And he's turning in his assignment at his job. And he's... And, like... Because someone who loves rapping and loves making music when they catch a groove they they go off and if vince ever gets to the point where he's about to go off the hook starts and the verse is over every single verse on here like he it never he never takes he never goes the extra mile when it comes to rapping he went the extra mile when it came to picking beats he went for something completely different. He took a huge risk, and it sounds good. But I want to be a fan of Vince Staples, the rapper, and there's not enough rap content here for me to grab onto and be interested in. And when I hear Vince on a feature where he's just he's just the rapper on the song and it's not his like name on the track, he's way better. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why he... Makes, he has like that mental divide between his own songs and other people's songs where he holds himself back on his songs for like to like maybe make sure that the theme of the song shine isn't like overpowered by just oh I'm listening to his bars maybe that's why he does it but I don't it's just no I have an yeah, interesting not, take on that because um I think album GEZ and track GEZ is are two different like human beings where like it's way better when he just drops songs out of the blue. I think the production, it's way more creative, it's funny, it's loose, it's goofy, he gets really smart with it, and then you get a pop album as an album. So I kind of see it as being the same. Like I don't know, it's not as shocking to me because of going through that with him for mad years. That, like, every time there's a new album, I'm disappointed. But, like, the tracks that come out right before, I'm, like, living off of that. So I don't know if Vince has an idea for this album he wants to make versus who he is as a rapper and why they value one over the other. Yeah. Uh, He definitely wants to be commercially successful with this project. Mm Mm-hmm. He's he's not he's not like limiting himself with uh, commercial appeal in any way, which I don't. That doesn't bother me. Um, it it only bothers me when I can hear through the music. I can hear like a label head making decisions yeah. for him, which maybe on some of these songs the features were label decisions. I don't think the the beat selection on any of these were label decisions. I think he really that that's the shining part of this album. But going into the future, I'm. If I see Blank featuring Vince Staples, I'm going to be hyped up, ready to listen. If I see Vince Staples announces his new album, I'll be like, I'll get to it when I get to it. I don't really... Yeah. It's not really my thing. Um, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 because I really respect the consistency of the production 
and the different sound. And the overall sound, like, Vince's rapping voice is very good, but um, nothing super interesting to keep me going through the project. I just have respect for uh, Vince's creative vision, even if it doesn't hit me that hard. I doubled at six um, for basically the same reasons that I like that Vince did something that had a lot of good aspects to it, but I don't think it was really executed in a way that it should have been knowing his potential. And I'm going to give it a 7, just because I do like certain songs on this album, like, a lot. But just with all that you have said and what I had said before, just placement of songs, things that obviously were made by a label instead of his own decisions, like the features, um, and just things like that. Yeah, seven. Okay, so 6.3 average. Not uh, Slightly above average, because he took risks and some of them paid off, but yeah. not too hyped on Vince Staples by himself. Okay, so next week, uh, new releases and check it outs. For the week that we missed, I have a check it out. A couple of, or a pretty large group of MCs from mostly New York, um, some from different places, and the producer Steel Tip Dove released a pretty long EP. It's like seven or eight tracks. It's called Secret Museum of Mankind, and it's like a just like a underground rap supergroup. And I I didn't listen to the whole thing, but the it's just verse after verse after verse, and they're all going pretty hard. And uh, Steel Tip Dub's a great producer. I forget what the actual album's called, but Secret Museum of Mankind is the name of the band. And then the album title's even longer. It's like Secret Mountain Masterpiece <laughs> something. Mountain. But if you look up Secret Museum of Mankind on iTunes, it will not be there. Secret, uh, Secret Museum of Mankind is the name of a compilation of, like... Uh, of, like, international, like, old international music. So I guess that's what it's named after. So the, what it's under under iTunes is not what the music I'm talking about. It's just on Bandcamp. Um, and then I don't... This would be my new release nomination, but I'm, um, I would rather hear what Alex's uh, personal pick is. Tori uh, Imwa came out with an album. Is that how you Boo say Boo. that? I don't, what, what would you say? It's Spanish, right? Toro y moi. Moi's not. But I think it is, like, the bull and I, so it's fine. I don't know. But I'm not... Check check it out. I'm not going to nominate it, because I would rather uh, talk about what Alex wants to talk about than talk about that. So if anyone else has something that's come out recently. So much music. Tyler's new songs are really good. It's just... Just putting that out there. Three? The two, three? It's like... Yeah, it's like... The, one it's, and... Who's that? Who that boy? Who that? Because nine and one and Mr. Lonely are combined, right? Yeah, they're a combined song. Right. And I love Who that boy. Fantastic. It's showing we'll a lot be of talking about his yeah, album. Oh, it's showing a lot of promise for his new album. Definitely. So much. But his his album comes out the same day as Ethereal, and I like Ethereal what day way is more that? than Tyler. 21st so I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with you but then Alana's gonna oh no it, guys so cause you might have a third conflict <laughs> oh no oh what? no guys come on don't do this to me my boy okay no July 28th 
then we're fine. Oh, we're good. We're fine. Okay. We're fine. <laughs> but if you guys don't back me on my suggestion that week, I might, like, really take it to heart, so. Okay. Big Baby Gandhi is releasing his album that day. Big Baby Gandhi, top ten rappers all time. Maybe. Okay. I, I see where I stand. <laughs> I see where I, don't, well, I who, stand. Uh, is it a surprise what yours is? Huh? Is it a surprise? No, it's Am- Amine. Amini. Amine. Oh. Amine? Okay. Come on. Uh, have you listened to the new singles he dropped, Turf and Blinds? No. Then don't say shit. <laughs> no. Have you listened to any, any Big Baby Gandhi songs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, uh, Alex, what's your pick for your birth year album? Okay, so my birth year is 1994, and in light of how we are always mentioning Weezer, it will be yes. Weezer's yes. self-titled. <laughs> yes, which, which self-titled? Is that the blue one? It's the blue one, yeah. Okay, because oh. they have, like, four Oh, right, they have, like, <laughs> four of them. Blue album. So, yeah, we the blue album. As. Oh, yeah, love it. Excited. Love that album. Very excited. No, all spoilers here. Love that album. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is, so. It's, my name is Jonas. And oh, okay, yeah. All the classics. All the yeah. songs that were on Rock Band. Yeah. Yeah, all the Rock well, Band songs. Cool, 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 cool. Oh, yeah, 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 true. Okay. <laughs> I gotta go eat dinner, so I am. I thank you dearly for listening to the entire podcast. I'm gonna need all the Vince stands to email me at bctmpodcast at gmail.com and tell me all the stuff that's really cool about Vince's album so I get the other perspective and I'm gonna need everyone who has listened up to this point to email me uh, just email me the word two words email me fish sandwich and then I'll know that people listen to the end of the podcast and you better go listen to the blue album by Weezer before next week this is gonna be an in-depth dissection of a classic see you then See little B's new haircut. <laughs> is uh, that I mean, I, I, sent to us? I just, I just texted you a picture. Obviously, you like saw three it, but... people tweeted me that photo, and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, I never got to the point where like an official tweet was like, look at little B. Like people were sending yeah. it to me, thinking I already saw like the original one. I was like, I was with a child all day. I have no idea. I just, happening. I just sent it because I just saw it online. And I was, and then I was about to send a text that said "sounds good," and I'm like, "This picture looks like he's sounds saying good. sounds like, good." I'm ready, ready to like, go right now. <laughs> he looks like the messy bitch, and like him had a baby and then put on like fake drugs. <laughs>